Welcome to Community Connecting Through Conversations with Crystal and Esme, brought to you by the South Omaha Community Care Council and the Omaha Community Foundation. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us at Community Connecting Through Conversations. I'm your host, Crystal. We're going to be having a conversation today um, with a friend of the South Omaha Community Care Council who's been uh, attending our meetings you know, for a while, um, and is a strong supporter of our community. I want to introduce this morning, Congressman Dom Bacon. Welcome. Thank you, Crystal. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, thank you for taking time of your busy schedule to join us today. It's an honor. Um, and have a conversation. Um, well, first and foremost, so you are a congressman of what district? The second district, which is all of Douglas County, half of Sarpy County, and soon to be all of Saunders County after the election. Okay, great. Um, and then so for people who may not know or are not familiar, maybe they've heard Don Bacon, they've seen the signs, but who is Don Bacon? Well, I'm a, I believe in hard work and character. I'm a man of faith first. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to prioritize my life, I'm a Christian first, a family man second, American third, mm-hmm. and maybe Republican fourth or fifth down the line. But <laughs> I, my priority is to be a man of faith and be a good husband, father, right now grandfather. Oh my God, that's exciting. I have to admit, I got six grandkids, a seventh on the way. I don't think they'll they'll probably be more down the road, but mm-hmm. it is a joy to be with a one and three and two and three year olds. I just I'm living back to my. I wish I would have done more of that when I was a dad. <laughs> you know, I hear that a lot from grandparents who you know second time around with their grandchildren. I know, I mean, my mom uh, definitely is a lot more lenient <laughs> with my children, or when I discipline my children, she'll say, "Well, I mean, they're kids and." I'll kind of give her a side eye and say, um, you didn't say that to me. Part of it is when you're a parent, you're in your 20s or 30s, you're you're trying to establish your career, move up mm-hmm. the ladder. So you're, you're having to divide your attention. And trust me, I'm working a lot of things as congressman too. Uh-huh. But when you're around the grandkids, it's like, yes, there's nothing more precious. Uh, and when a one-year-old calls your grandpa and uh, wants to sit on your lap, you're like, yep, this is heaven's, I know heaven's going to be nice, <laughs> but this gets you close to heaven. <laughs> I know. And they're so, I mean, they're so adorable and, um, uh, you know, fun at that age. And I mean, honestly, at any age, really going forward, just the learning process is what always astounds me. And just as human beings, how, like how we learn by, you know, I tell, I work with youth who are on pro, like who are at risk. And so one of the biggest conversations we, that we have is, you know, my parents tell me to do as I say, not as I do, but we really learn yep. by what, you know, we see other people doing. So mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating for the to see the little young ones playing around and just mimicking us. Um, they do. <laughs> so now, can you tell us just a little bit more, kind of your background, like family? I mean, where are you from? So I was raised in rural Illinois, uh, corn and soybeans. Uh, we had cattle too, and I, I lived on a, a farm. I had my uncle on the farm and my grandparents. I worked on the farm till I was 21 years old. So baling hay, took care of the livestock, um, worked the fields. <clears throat> During the summer, my uh, dad insisted I have a second job at night, mm-hmm. so I was working restaurants as well. Uh, during uh, when I went to college, he insisted on one job while I, while I was going to school, but in the summer you had to have two jobs. Mm-hmm. So my, my dad taught me work ethic, but I was raised on the farm, and I, I love my uncle who I worked with primarily on the farm. Uh, it was one of my still one of my best friends, and and it was a great boss. Uh, t- taught me how to how to be a good leader. I joined the Air Force at 21 years old, and 
I had 16 assignments all over the world. I commanded five times, uh, and my two biggest commands were here at Offutt Air Force Base. I was the base commander, mm-hmm. 2011 and 12. I commanded Ramstein, which is the second biggest base in the Air Force, um, and I did that back in 2008 and I did missile defense in Israel, which I'm very proud of, very, very pro-Israeli. And uh, so I was an electronic warfare officer by trade, okay. jamming radars. Also as an intelligence officer, so I worked in a variety of types of intelligence fields, cyber intelligence, mm-hmm. uh, satellite photos. <clears throat> so I worked a variety of intelligence jobs. Uh, one of the more interesting jobs, I was General Petraeus's uh, public affairs officer when, uh-huh. when I, in, in Iraq. Uh-huh. So that, that job sort of taught me a lot about working with the media. It's probably helped me out now, yeah. uh, working with the media here. Uh, but I was some an Air Force guy, but I've always, uh, my interest areas, I've always, I like studying church doctrine or Christian doctrine and uh, I believe in, you know, knowing what our hope is, what our future is, our eternity mm-hmm. is. And I am a, a believer. So I, I, it's always been, it's an interest of mine for reading. I love military history, which probably got me in the military. Yeah. And I love political history. I love reading about Abraham Lincoln, uh, Gerald Grant, Dwight Eisenhower, uh, Reagan. I campaigned for Reagan when I was 13 years old. Oh, wow. And I was doing county races in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually worked for a congressman at 20 years old, Ed Madigan. Uh, you know, when I graduated, I graduated, graduated out of college at 20. And so I worked for this congressman in, in uh, Washington in the summer of 84. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to Illinois as I was applying for the Air Force. Oh, wow. Well, that's like, I mean, that I could almost like, I can, when you, I'm looking at you talk about is I'm like, I could see the memories coming back and the joy in your face from doing all that. Um, I know like uh, if anybody's like considering joining the like Air Force or any of our or any of our, um, was it military? Military, yeah. What advice would you give them, like, kind of if they're on the fence about it? Well, we live in the greatest country in the world. We have these freedoms, uh, the opportunities. It has to be defended. Mm-hmm. And there are bad people in the world. And so we can't, you know, I think for a while we took it for granted we're the superpower. But <clears throat> you look what Russia's doing now to Ukraine. Right. You know, there's unfortunately evil in the world, and you have to have a, a defenders to do it. About one percent of our nation serves in the military. We have about five percent our veterans mm-hmm. who have served at one point, and so. And I think it was a, and I, for me, it was a great thirty years. I loved who I worked with. You, you work generally. Granted, there's can't overgeneralize, but most of the people you served with in the military were selfless. <clears throat> they they love their country. They they worked hard. They weren't in it for the money. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, so who I worked with was the best part of the, the military. The mission was great, defending our country. But, but my peers, mm-hmm. I, I loved it. And plus, you work, I worked with some great, had some worked for some great generals. I worked for 15 different generals mm-hmm. uh, during my career. And then I, and I loved the people that I worked, that worked for me. I mean, there was a family. Mm-hmm. So it was, I think if you want to get in the military, you got to be in shape. And it's all about character. Uh, you have to be able to trust each other. Mm-hmm. And so your word is your bond and I will always trust you until I find out that I can't and then okay. it's hard to get it back. Yeah. And I was going to say your word is your bond is something that I actually, I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. I used to hear it from my grandpa um, who was from Mexico and he would always say, without right. your word, you're nothing. And so, I mean, it's interesting that you bring that up because I mean, with things that are happening in our community, you know, there is a lot of distrust, um, distrust in our government mm-hmm. Um, especially I'm going to even say, um, those that like are coming into like our, our voters, you know, our young people who believe in conspiracies and 
there's a lot of conspiracies a lot of these things so that's one that's one of the reasons why we decided to invite you and just kind of Mm -hmm. bring a little bit of knowledge back to you know now that they're kind of maybe kind of vote once they're turning 18 and the elections like Mm -hmm. what are some things that you think maybe they should focus on um, when choosing maybe a party or um, a party or an official or when Mm -hmm. they're when they're looking because you know I'm going to say, for lack of a better word, like we're bombarded with a lot of signs of different people who are running for different offices. And you may not know what each office or each person who's running. So what to you, what would be something that would be easy or just kind of maybe to start? Well, first I'll start off. Why am I a conservative? Why why am I a Republican? And and when I say that, that doesn't mean 100 percent of the Republicans are trustworthy or 100 percent of the Democrats are not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was good friends with Brad Ashford passed away yesterday as an example. And so I think what do we, what are the fundamental beliefs? I think it's important to, what are your values and beliefs and where do they align? Mm -hmm. And a lot of folks can get on TV and give a good slogan, say, you know, I'm a, a, I believe in education or these generalized statements. You got to get below that surface Mm -hmm. and find out what are the, their core beliefs. So what, what what do I principally believe in? I I believe government's primary role is to defend our freedoms, Mm -hmm. our first amendment rights, our second amendment rights, all, all those bill of rights. Government's there to protect your freedom. So it's the most important thing <clears throat> that we have are our freedoms. Uh, the, the, and that's the government's role to protect them. Uh, two, I believe in federalism, which means leaving as much power as we possibly can at the local level. We don't want federal government dictating to our school boards what to do. We don't want the <clears throat> federal government dictating to the Omaha mayor what to do. We, we want to keep power at the local level. Right. I believe family is the most important institution in our country we want to protect. The family. When kids are raised in a strong family, their chances for success are go right. up insurmountably. It's just, it's you know you see strong family, you're gonna have strong kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ninety nine times out of a hundred, I'm pro life. I believe that you know God created us in His image, mm-hmm. uh, and the unborn child has got a beating heart, a human, right. uh, unborn human. I believe in peace through strength. That we should have a country. That I don't want war, but I want a strong enough military that people will not want to take us or, or, or take us on. I would say I believe in American exceptionalism in a way that we, we're a special country and I think we should be proud of our country. It doesn't mean it's perfect history. Uh, we've had right. to overcome a lot, but I, I think we're the one, one of the few countries in the world you can be born in poverty, work hard, have good character, and you can achieve great things. A lot of countries, they hold, it holds people down in a caste system mm-hmm. and we don't have that. Uh, so those are just some of the fundamental beliefs and it's those are primarily Republican or conservative uh, values that, that are out there. And, uh, we believe that the the power, the real power is the individual and the family, not mm-hmm. from government. Actually, government gets in the way of a lot of success. And if you look at the entrepreneurs out there, they could do a lot more, but government red tape, government taxes, government yeah. uh, makes it harder on them. And we believe that the di- dynamic power of our country comes from the individuals and the families, not from government telling us how to do, what to do, and, and when to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to say as an entrepreneur myself, uh, my husband and I run a uh, day and evening reporting center for mm. youth on probation. And so, you know, trying mm-hmm. to provide that service and also, well, also right. you know, maintaining our, our business running can mm-hmm. get difficult at times. And we definitely have to do a lot of research, ask a lot yeah. of questions. So um, you know, I was, maybe just big picture, we, Republicans believe in the free market system. Mm-hmm. And granted, you need a safety nut and yeah. we, we, we should have one. But the free market system has taken more people out of poverty than any other economic system in the world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at socialism as a way to help out the poor, but actually in the end, socialism creates more poverty in the countries that it's in. And so the free market system, uh, it values hard work. 
It values innovation. Mm-hmm. It values providing, I'm just going to sound like a, a, kind of, <laughs> a duplicate word here, but it values you bringing value to your community. Mm-hmm. When you provide a value, people want to buy it. And, and then it creates that innovation. It creates how you get washing machines, you get special things in your car because that's a value provided. And we reward that when, when someone can create that. Well, I was going to say, just growing up, I remember um, the commercials that said, like, if you're an inventor, you know, call this number. But mm-hmm. then it said, if you have an upgrade, right, on this previous invention, right. you could also do that. And I just remember very young being like, wait, their idea, you know, someone can build mm-hmm. on their idea. I think I was like maybe five or six. I, I think five to maybe mm-hmm. through 10, just kind of looking that on. the. I haven't seen those commercials in a while, but I just remember that. And so I know, like, to your point of, like, the free market one of the things that we instill in the youth that we work with who are at risk, you know, who are um, in the in probation is that they should monetize their skills. So that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things because um, a lot of these youth, they want to make money. Right. And so we're like, well, what skills do you have now right. that you can use? So right now we have a, a young man who he makes rugs. Um, and so we're helping him. We're providing him the tools Um to actually build a rug board. Right. So he's been doing that while he's been supervised by us, um, building this rug board so that he then can make money, right? And so then we talked to him a little bit about like taxes. And so of mm-hmm. course he has like a negative, he's like, you know, he has like a negative connotation of taxes, just I'm assuming family and things like that. But we just tell him like, no, there's there's value in, in paying your taxes. Yeah. Um, we need law enforcement, paying. you gotta have the military, you gotta have yeah. roads, bridges. <laughs> Yeah. And then but there's a, a balance in there too. Cause you can go to, you know, you, you can, we got countries, well, some, we have some countries have a 50% tax rate. Yeah. It's a little steep. Yeah. And I was going to say, <laughs> way uh, steep. We're, uh, I was going to say, where my family background is from, mm-hmm. from Mexico. And so we came from like a bartering system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we, my grandparents still in their small town, the majority, they had money, but it didn't really mean much to them. Mm-hmm. um as like bartering right like right. so i'm gonna sell you a pint of milk for you know a pound of beans or mm-hmm. they did a lot of that bartering because they didn't there they if they had money the government came yeah. and was like hey you make this is how much cash you have mm-hmm. you need to give this money so for them it wasn't and so that's what we kind of try to teach our the kids that we're working with right now um kind of how helping them unlearn some of the I'm going to say an untruth that they've learned about mm-hmm. our country um, and just explain to them, like, it's a, it's a blessing to have a freedom to be able to talk, mm-hmm. you know, openly and freely about our government right. or about our country, right. Where there's other countries that don't have that luxury. You know, the, the free market system, cause it's trying to accommodate what your demands are, what or your desires are. And that creates a country that has all of these, benefits that we have. I mean, when you look around the house, all these things that we have, it's because yeah. people are trying to fill in a, a need that you want fulfilled. Yeah. And that's what the free market system does. If you're in a social system or, or command a government command controlled economy, they sort of tell you what you want mm-hmm. and it doesn't work <laughs> in the end. So I remember I, I studied the Soviet union and they would tell the, the government would tell the shoemakers mm-hmm. or those shoe factories, you're not producing enough shoes. What do they do? They produced all size nine shoes. So they met their quota. But size, mm-hmm. if you had a size nine foot, that was great. But if you had a size 10 or size 11, it doesn't, doesn't work too well. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, with you being so tell us a little bit more about your role as congressman. What does that what does that mean for anybody who mm -hmm. may not know what a congressman does? Well, we, we we take hundreds of votes during the course of a year, um, but I serve on the Armed Services Committee. Mm -hmm. So I was a retired Brigadier, Brigadier General put me on there and I've really have enjoyed working on our, our defense to ensure that their people are trained, mm -hmm. have the right equipment. I've been able to restore off at Air Force Base in that role after the flood, mm -hmm. third of the base was destroyed. It's the second largest employer in Nebraska. Yeah. So we're able to keep that on track, but it was, so I really enjoyed working the military end of it. It's something I know uh, well. I, I'm told I'm going to be a ranking member, uh, chairman, or I should say a chairman next uh, uh, election cycle, after mm -hmm. the next election cycle. I'm also on the agriculture committee. You know, ag is the most important industry in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't think about that in Omaha, but yet we're a huge agribusiness. You know, we, we have tons of food processing, uh, commodities, even our transportation system is very focused on grain. Mm -hmm. Our banks are fo focused on agriculture. So even if you're not directly in ag, you're indirectly mm -hmm. in ag for the most part in Omaha itself. So I've really enjoyed working on the farm bill. I work on a lot of research stuff, trying to uh, solve like the African swine fever, trying to, mm -hmm. you know, cure that yeah. or have a, a shot or vaccination for it. Uh, the foot mouth disease, I've, I've invested a lot of money in trying to prevent an outbreak in our country because that would shut down our trade. Mm -hmm. So those those are the two committees I'm on. I'm on a lot of caucuses as a chair. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the Baltic Security Caucus, which is really important right now with Ukraine. I'm on Traumatic Brain Injury Caucus. We've made some great discoveries on how to find TBI and how to, mm -hmm. how to uh, treat it. I'm on the Foster Care Caucus. I'm a, I, my wife and I had two kids younger than we adopted two through, fo through foster care. Mm -hmm. We have 400,000 kids in foster care, and I think we can make some improvements there. It's uh, These kids are there not because of their fault. You know, normally right. it's uh, some issues with their parents, and it's a system that's sort of hit and miss. And I'd like to have it or hit and miss. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can relate to that because, like I said, I mean, a lot of the, yeah. the youth that we work and families that we serve, um, mm -hmm. you know, really need just, you know, assistance and gui I'm going to say guidance as well. Right. Um just on what they can do like mm -hmm. what so kind of like what you said you know they as a family have a power and a say and yeah. a vote um and how to be able to mm -hmm. advocate for themselves but in a way that is really serving their their mm -hmm. family and being able to i mean i believe in like um you know keeping kids in the home if that yeah. is a possibility i mean there should be the first goal yeah and if it's not then how do we still maintain yeah. those connections? You know, um, I think it should be if you hopefully you can get the parents in the right spot. But if not, maybe the grandparents or a, or a aunt yes, and uncle, kins, mm -hmm. a kinship care. Because at least there's those roots and they, yeah. they know where they're at in that family. And uh, but at some point, you know, we've got to give safe homes to kids. And mm -hmm. uh, and our our two foster kids, you know, their mom was in prison and they didn't know their dad, so they had to have a place to stay. And and, and now they're 25 and 26. They're fully son and daughter. Uh, married and got a, got a granddaughter from one mm -hmm. and uh, so it's been a, a real treat you know a bigger picture for the local area some of the things I work on I, I believe that the community health centers are very important mm -hmm. you know we've got to have that safety net and so the one world we have we have really expanded the funding for one world so that, that's something I'm very proud of yeah. I supported the infrastructure bill we're going to get an 800 million dollar upgrade to the Epley uh, airfield mm -hmm. so it's going to be it's going to be have one of the best airports in the Midwest by the time we're done. And of course, roads and bridges are important for everyone mm -hmm. on there. Uh, I have also been able to get funding for street upgrades uh, in our community. You know, whether it's like we got a, a good project we're working up in North Omaha mm -hmm. right now. So we've 
I've done some good work there. And I just to say, maybe a bigger picture, we have the best employment in the, the whole country right now. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I think we have a tax code right now that's allowed businesses to invest and hire. And unfortunately, some on the other side of the aisle want to take us backwards, raise business taxes, add more regulatory problems. And because of what we did prior to a year ago, mm-hmm. we have a tax code that's one of the most competitive tax codes in the world. Companies can invest and they can hire. That's why we have the lowest unemployment. Yeah. yeah so we're, so a lot of folks are focused on the COVID bills. Yeah. Really, the, the real foundation here is we have a tax code at 21% for the business, mm-hmm. and that is at the world's average. The folks on the other side of the aisle, they want to raise it up, but that, but that puts us at a disadvantage when, we're, when you're competing against other countries that have a lower tax code or a or more competitive regulatory environment. And so I think uh, President Biden's inherited a, a tax code that's competitive, mm-hmm. regulatory code that's competitive, and we don't want to go backwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely don't want to. Uh, I mean, I know like the, uh, locally, I mean, we feel it like people feel, um, you know, the like tax go up mm-hmm. and like with fuel and like things like that. So, yeah. and one of those things like that, we also like to, again, teach our kids and we want them to mm-hmm. make sure that they get involved and are civically engaged so that they understand what is happening, not just focus yeah. on, well, the gas is going up. Right. Um, so with your job, so can you tell us just a little bit, or do you work, is it a nine to five? <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, like it's, it dep- you know, I have a DC schedule and an Omaha schedule. In DC, I'll work 15 events a day. I'm, my family's here, so I don't worry about coming home at night as, as much. So I'll start at eight or nine. Mm-hmm. I'll typically work till nine at night. Oh, okay. uh, so some days I'll start at eight and go till nine. Nine is so it's a 12 or 13 hour day, oh. almost every day in DC. And like I remember one day I did 15 events. Uh, that's like two weeks ago, and that's uh-huh. that keeps you hopping. And then I come here, but there, you know, everything's right on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's in my office. I walk a quarter mile to the Capitol to vote. So it's all right there. So mm-hmm. I can do more. Uh, here, I travel a lot more. So it's, you, you know, you do an event, you travel 30 minutes. So so I typically do six to eight events a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, when I'm back home, I'll start at eight or nine o'clock. And I told our schedulers, schedulers that I'll do three nights a week, mm-hmm. maybe four but my wife expects me to be home once in a while too. I was going to ask <laughs> about that. So how so, does, how does your wife, um, you know, not, I'm going to say deal, but you know, what, what does she tell you? Like when you're getting to that limit of like, okay, you're putting more time, yeah. you know, towards the government, because you said family is important. And right. I believe, you know, I believe family is important as well. So kind mm-hmm. of what, when, when does she signal you that, uh, you're, you're well, getting she, too close? As you know, I've been married 38 years mm-hmm. and uh, you learn pretty fast when someone's not pleased with a schedule or something like that. So uh, there's not a lot of much of the imagination of uh, there, you know, like this week, initially on the schedule, I had five nights in a row mm-hmm. that they had me scheduled. I said, this is not, not acceptable. So we're trying to take off a couple. And uh, I don't, you know, during election season, which we got the primary coming up, mm-hmm. you expect to do a little more. So mm-hmm. I get that. And, but so tonight I cleared off the calendar. So I'll be done at six o'clock and, I try to keep Sunday down to a minimum. Mm-hmm. Sunday's a, a family day, a church day. Mm-hmm. And, but you, you got to run. And my, my advice to the younger folks, you got to run the long race. I haven't always had that balance. I've always worked 12 hour days, even in the mm-hmm. military. I always took an hour off at lunch and ran five miles. Mm-hmm. I got to stay physically in shape. You got to have an intellectual building plan to what books are you reading? Where are you getting your degree? Yeah. 
And so you got, you know, you got your professional life. You got to take care of yourself physically, take care of your family. Mm -hmm. You got to grow intellectually. And I think, you know, I, took, I like to start the day off with devotions. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's a spiritual side. So I think life, a successful life is having that balance. Yeah. And it's really easy to fall out of whack and just go all into your work. And, and I struggle with that right now because mm -hmm. my job is about a 12 hour day and I'm getting older. So my body doesn't like the 12 hour days every day. And, and, uh, and I still got to get that five miles in because if not, my lungs and my heart, they, they tell me. <laughs> And I want, I want to carry less bacon, not more bacon. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I was going to say thank you um, for coming in. Just so that who, those who are listening, um, before we, we wrap up, just want to know if someone, tell us a little bit about the, when they say call your senator to support yeah. or to deny, when, how do you, how do you determine, do you, do you get more calls in favor or um, opposing any yeah. type of bill? Can you let tell us a little bit about it, that process? A lot of times it depends what comes out in a news story. Mm -hmm. So a lot of folks down that they're less reliant on the Omaha World Herald, which I love our local paper. I read it every morning. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, if they're conservative, got a certain websites they look at, or if they're more liberal, yes. they got their own websites. And all of a sudden you'll see something on one of the websites will say, you know, contact your congressman on this particular bill. And all of a sudden you get about a hundred phone calls. Mm -hmm. And so it just depends what sites are putting out information or people call when they're angry, when they're happy, you get that, uh, you know, from my own vantage point, there's, I campaign on certain issues. If I say I'm going to do something, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to follow my yeah. word that I campaigned on. There are other issues that pop up that are new and mm -hmm. it's good to get people's feedback and to understand an issue. And uh, so it, it's representative government. Uh, means people have great input and they should, they have, they vote you, they vote you in, they give you feedback. We probably get three to 400 uh, constituents a week mm. calling in with the other calling in or they're sending us an email, or writing a letter. Yeah. So, Cause yeah. I want to make sure we, we teach the, like I said, our youth, we, we tell them like um, yeah. you have to contact, you know, just either way, whichever, right. what, you know, but we want to get them civically engaged and we want to get them learning mm -hmm. more about what, you know, yeah. what their voice means. Cause a lot of them, again, follow conspiracy right. theories. But what I like is like a lady yesterday contacted me and she goes down the infrastructure bill you voted for. There's only 10% infrastructure. I appreciated her saying that because that gave me a chance to say, that's not true. That that's a, somebody's putting that a certain news site. I won't say who keeps saying that. And it's not even accurate. It's 94% mm -hmm. infrastructure. When you tally up roads, bridges, seaports, airports, uh, railroads, the electrical grid, yeah. Uh, the rural broadband, you put it all together, it's 94%. Now, what's the other 6% was a federal site toxic cleanup for like mm -hmm. Air Force bases mm -hmm. or Army bases. And so I, when people reach out, that gives me a chance to say, well, that's not the full story. Here's the rest of the story. So I, that's another, uh, I would say, positive of reaching out. Okay. Well, you guys heard it. I mean, I mean, we're all very, we're proponents of um, being civically engaged, and that's why we're bringing you um you know, elected officials to come and tell you directly um, what it means, what they do, you know, and then you get to know them as well. Um, I want to thank you You're um, for joining us this morning. And I hope that your load gets lighter for the rest of the evening. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Have a good day. I appreciate Thanks you having listening. me on. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Community Connecting. 
through conversations with Crystal and Esme. Brought to you by the South Omaha Community Care Council and the Omaha Community Foundation.